Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 46, Operation Paperclip, part two. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the show we tell you the things. The world doesn't want you to know the hidden secrets of the Bible. Zena, welcome. Hello. <laughs> I'm here with the warrior princess herself today. <laughs> we are going to continue our study today in Operation Paperclip. This will be part two. We learned uh, a little bit about the what was going on after World War II. Yes, how the United States was basically blackmailing German uh, scientists who were either Nazis or not Nazis into helping them advance our technology here. That's right. And and evidently what happened was there was a basically a forcible extraction of these people. Uh, either, you know, we kill you and, and hang you as a war criminal. Yeah. Or you come work for us, you know. Mm-hmm. And whether that was... Uh, some of them may have been willing to do that because they're like, well, I want to get away from this country anyway yeah. because I didn't like what the Nazis did. It's possible there were some that wanted to cooperate willingly, but many of them, you know, you think about it, you're you're going to take somebody out of their home. They weren't wanting to immigrate like some people that come to the United States and they try to get in on their own. This is like, well, you're coming whether you like it or not. Yeah. So that doesn't sound like a good thing. But here's what we found out. If we're going to, we, we knew that they had discovered a lot of technology in their documents documents and their research papers and things like that. And they, our scientists didn't understand it. We didn't know, and we needed their brain power. So we had to get their scientists to come explain what they wrote, what they were working on. So the Americans realized that just as occurred after World War One, after this war, World War II, they were so far behind Germany, they weren't able to even understand, much less utilize much of what they'd stolen. So when they went and they stole all these documents, they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know how to interpret it or read it. So that's more of why last week we were talking a little bit about could it be that the Nazis and these scientists were getting special revelation, special um, knowledge, special technology from satanic forces. Yeah. Some people might think it's alien technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would call them fallen angels. They, uh, the Nazi, you can read all kinds of books about the Nazis and the occult, uh, Hitler and his obsession with folklore, mythology, all that stuff, all of which can tie back into Satan and his domain, Mm -hmm. right? The dark forces. So they then realized they had no choice but to relocate to the United States many thousands of captive scientists, engineers, and technicians, and eventually a great many skilled craftsmen as well. 
the American experience of virtual hopelessness in deciphering Germany's wartime rocket program alone quickly led to the solution of confiscating not only the documentation and products, but the people as well, for hundreds of other scientific, military, and commercial purposes. So there was an explosion of technology after World War II that a lot of people want to attribute it to, oh, well, there were a lot of advances made in the war during wartime by the United States military. Yeah. The truth is, we really didn't. We got it after the war ended. By the grace of God, we defeated a superior foe, their technology. You know, we don't know. I don't know that Japan and Italy had the same technology, but we know it was found in Germany. Mm -hmm. So it looks like that was, you know, the central location of where all this advanced learning was happening. So this is when Operation Overcast, to go get all the documentation, morphed into Operation Paperclip. It hasn't received notice in the historical narrative, but these deportations were forcible. They came against their will. The alternative presented was a trial and probable execution as war criminals. So we talked about that last time. Now, I'm going to go again to the Bible before we get deeper into this, into the book of Jeremiah. And this time we're going to go to chapter 17. Now, Jeremiah 17, look in verse 9, and we read, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Isn't that something? Yeah. You know, we hear all these songs, I love you with all my heart. You yeah. Know? But in the Bible, the heart is seen as something that can be extremely deceitful. It can be very loving. It can be very kind. Mm-hmm. But it can also be deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The Bible talks about there are those in the New Testament whose consciences are seared with a hot iron. You think of like branding a cow, you know, yeah. and it turns into a callus mm-hmm. that stays permanently. Well, seared with a hot iron in, in a person's heart in their conscience means their past feeling, any empathy, any remorse, any compassion. And I think a lot of people, when they get in these sort of positions of power, they have that. They don't care who they hurt. We are just pawns to them. We're expendable. They don't care whether we live or die. And we're just a means to their end. It doesn't make any difference how we protest or how we cry. If we get in their way, they destroy us. If we cooperate, they'll use us and discard us when they're done. Yeah. And so the satanic global elite are made up with these kind of people that are seared. Their hearts are deceitful above all things. And I know he's talking about the heart in general, but you and I both know and are surrounded by very good, caring, loving people, Yeah. right? Uh, Whether they're family, friends, relatives, associates, it doesn't make any difference. They're not people that are out to harm anyone. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to come to grasp with the realization that there are such people who cannot feel. Uh, we refer to them as either psychopaths or sociopaths, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing, essentially the same thing. Most politicians are at least sociopaths, not all, but most, and m- many are actually psychopaths. They would as soon kill you as look at you. you know, they can mask it. They're masterful liars. They can lie right to your face and you'd believe them. Yeah. And yet they feel no remorse for what they do. And as a matter of fact, they think that morality is a waste of time. It's an inconvenience. It's, a, it's an old anachronism. It's, it's, it's not useful to them, right? So if, if you were to uh, be killed in their plan for doing something, they see you as nothing but collateral damage. Yeah. Not a human being that lost its life, but just like I stepped on a bug as I was walking down the road. 
So it's, it's awful to think that human beings are like that, but some are. And yet he says in the same chapter in verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. And reins are, it's R-E-I-N-S. That's an old English word. And you think of reins, and you might think of water falling from the sky. That's R-A-I-N-S. And then you might think of the reins of a horse. You know, you hold the, yes. the leather strain. And that's even a different spelling, I think. But this is the root of the word renal. And renal is things related to the kidneys. So when he says, I tried the reins, the kidneys were considered back then, all of the organs in the body were considered the seed of deep emotions. So it's interesting how the heart was considered to be the thing that you shouldn't trust. Yeah. But the deep-seated emotions of compassion and mercy were in the bowels. <laughs> oh, interesting. But nobody wants to hear somebody saying, I love you with all my bowels. You know, it just doesn't have the same ring to it, you know, <laughs> and, and it makes me wonder if that's sort of a way that Satan sort of flipped the, mm -hmm. you know, the thing around. But he says, I search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So we can always keep in mind that hope that we know that no matter how bad these human beings are, and we know it's going to get worse because of the Antichrist and the 10 Kings that are coming. The Lord knows what's going on. He's going to judge all these people, and they're going to be held accountable. Yeah. We, might, we may never know who they are until that day, uh, and we may not be able to stop them with any actions that we can take other than prayer and loving each other and showing kindness to one yeah. another and standing fast for the truth, but they will get there. The Lord will have vengeance on them. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel comforted by that. Now, in a BBC News article on the 21st of November of 2005, titled Project Paperclip, Dark Side of the Moon, author Andrew Walker detailed how 60 years ago, these imported German scientists provided the U.S. with cutting-edge technology in which it still leads today. So ever since we got that technology after World War II, the United States has been the top dog we after you know after the victory of the allies yeah we were the world superpower okay and then we went into sort of a cold war mm -hmm. with the ussr and so the two were competing well why do you suppose the ussr was neck and neck with the united states during this time well they also did the same thing they raided germany remember we were allies Russia mm -hmm. and the United States during World War II. So it was a rush to see who could get all the stuff first. So we're talking about Project Paperclip of what we got, we confiscated, yeah. we stole from the Germans. What did Russia get? And therefore, they were the first to launch a satellite into orbit with Sputnik. You would think like with, you know, us back then being allies with Russia that we would share this information. I mean, that's your ally. Like, I think I'd be like, hey, Pastor Scott, you know, I found this out. I think you should know about it because you're my ally. And right. I, we should want to be on the same level. But I guess I may be naive to that uh, aura of the part of the world. Well, I think circumstances having been slightly different, that could have happened in a perfect world. But I believe there were sinister people behind confiscating the documentation and using as the excuse to do it in the name of national security, well, we've got to defeat the commies. Yeah. And Stalin 
who was in charge of the USSR during World War II and who was our ally at the time, at least portion of it. At some point, they started, after the war, they started making overtures against capitalism. We're going to bury you. And Khrushchev, I think, stomped his shoe on the podium and said, we will bury you. So there was clearly an adversarial relationship that formed out of that, and hence the Cold War, Mm -hmm. you know. And then we all were living in the 50s in the threat of nuclear war and things like that. Even Remember the missiles of October Mm -hmm. in 1962? So the year I was born. (laughs) (laughs) How ironic. Right? So anyway, I think Satan was always in the in the process behind the scenes of dividing nations instead mm-hmm. of letting us come together and cooperate. It would have been great if we could have cooperated. We could have ended all that. Yes. You know. So these imported German scientists provided the U.S. with cutting-edge technology, in which it still leads today. And in addition to the items covered in a, a book by a man named Tom Power, who wrote all this, Walker lists supersonic rockets, one of their technologies. We didn't have supersonic anything. No. Nerve gas, jet aircraft, guided missiles, stealth technology. Now, what exactly is that? So stealth technology is like you've heard of the stealth fighter, the stealth bomber. They can hide themselves and be undetected by radar. Okay. So these jets uh, and this bomber, the, the, the stealth bomber, they didn't have the same sort of curved lines and everything or whatever that regular aircraft do. Uh, they're still aerodynamic, but they have these angular sharp surfaces and they're they're this material on the bottom of them and they're impervious to radar Mm -hmm. it's almost like sci-fi you know yeah uh so stealth technology and hardened armor for like aircraft and tanks as just a few so walker argues as do most others that germany's horton ho229 was the first stealth aircraft complete with radar-absorbing skin and single-wing shape and that the U.S.-based Northrop B-2 stealth bomber at a cost of $2 billion each is virtually a clone of the German design from 1944. My goodness. And we came out with that in like the, the 90s, you know. So it took all these years to reverse engineer Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, are you familiar with the term reverse engineering? No. Basically, if you've ever had a brother take apart a, a, a dead toaster <laughs> or something, okay. you know, and they take it apart because we want to see what makes it tick, right? That's reverse engineering. But scientists do it. And, and the idea was, let's say if an enemy aircraft was shot down over your territory, uh, what is salvaged, they go take apart and they study it. Okay. And so, like, we had, you know, the F-15 or whatever bombers. Russians had the MiG mm-hmm. jet fighters. And uh, if a MiG went down, it got shot down, they would go reverse engineer it. Okay. They'd take it apart, try to figure out how, what do they know? What is their technology? So we're always trying to know what other, which is one of the main reasons why there are spies. Yeah. Spies try to get technology and plans and things from other countries. By the way, I might say something to people that I'm kind of behind the curve on this show, but uh, there's a Marvel <laughs> show called Agent Carter. Okay. And Agent Carter is a, is a fictional character of the woman that was a British secret agent that kind of fell in love with Captain America, who okay. was uh, the guy that helped feat the mm-hmm. Nazis in World War II, right? 
And so the Marvel did a spinoff show of that. Captain America was used to help defeat the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And then he supposedly died because he had to save America by crash landing a plane in the Arctic or something. Okay. And they ended up, you know, finding his body preserved 70 years later or something like that. What? Well, he was the first super soldier. Okay. So they, they injected him with something. They experimented with him to make him like a super soldier. Okay. So Margaret Carter was the British agent that helped them defeat the Nazis and everything else. And so in this series... They continue with her life after he dies. She moves to America. She joins a secret service in the United States called the SSR. Mm -hmm. And then she's actually going about kind of running her own little clandestine investigations under the umbrella of the SSR because they think she's just a woman and all they ever ask her to do is go take the coffee and lunch orders. So rude. But she is the best. She is a badass. I love her. (laughs) (laughs) She is so good at what she does. But in the episodes of two seasons, Mm -hmm. it's almost like we're writing these episodes from this stuff of Project Paperclip, you know? Wow. Uh, there's a Soviet guy that gets in, and he does these mind control things. Mm-hmm. And there's this uh, technology that they steal that Howard Stark creates, and uh, with atomic testing, a rift into another dimension is opened up. And all these kind of things happen. So I think that a lot of fiction is the satanic global elite's way of saying, there is some truth here. Mm-hmm. They, they use symbolism. We've already talked about that. So I think a lot of it is they're kind of revealing their hands sometimes. You know, I think Satan wants to prepare us for the eventual arrival of aliens and things like that. Everywhere you look right now on the news is aliens and UFOs and stuff. Yeah. So I think there's something to do with that. So what does this have to do with anything, reverse engineering? Well, if the Nazis had all this advanced technology because they were communicating with superior intelligence, Mm -hmm. possibly fallen angels and demons and whatever, as Tubal Cain and Jabal and Jubal might have offered their sister. I know, so rude. For advanced technology back in the day. Was the crash landing of a UFO at Roswell, New Mexico, July of 1947 a gift to the United States for having imported the Nazi scientists to continue their research. Because a UFO did purportedly crash land. Now, we know that, as I, what I believe and what Bible Mysteries teaches, is that these are not extraterrestrial aliens at all. They're other-dimensional beings. Mm-hmm. They're supernatural, but they're, they have physical form, but they're actually either genetically engineered creatures like the little green grays or whatever, (laughs) or they're actually fallen angels themselves or something to do with that. And if this craft did crash land, it was covered up. The Air Force took that technology with them, and they began to reverse engineer it. And then we had another explosion of technology that brought in the computer age. Really? Yeah, miniaturized printed circuit boards and chips and all this kind of stuff. And certain companies get the technology, IBM, Microsoft, Apple, mm-hmm. whatever, Google, Facebook. You know. So in other words, nobody gets rich in Satan's world. Nobody gets a piece of the kingdom 
without him giving it to them. Yeah. Right. So is it possible that all these things, even though we have these advances and we think, oh, great, I've got an iPhone. I can do all these great things with it. And do you realize that the iPhone or any smartphone that you hold in your hand is many magnitudes more processing power than they had during the entire Apollo space missions. And we launched and put a man on the moon. Whoa. And they had rooms filled with huge computers that had big wheels turning with magnetic tape and stuff like that because that was the technology of the time. And they took all that processing power along with great human brain power. If, by the way, if you've never seen the movie Hidden Figures... Love that Oh, movie. my gosh. That is one of the best. And, mm-hmm. and the women that were so smart to calculate the telemetry and everything and just do that in an instant mm-hmm. before this guy comes back crash landing to the earth, you know, they, they were all of that together with computers was amazing to yeah. me at the time. You've got more processing power than all of that in your palm of your hand. Wow. You know, with an iPhone or something like that. So it, how did everything get so miniaturized? Instead of rooms filled with computers. Yeah. And we've got face recognition technology, mm-hmm. voice recognition, thumbprint, all that stuff. It's amazing. It's amazing. We're fancy. We're very fancy. Mm-hmm. So having said all that, is there precedent again that this technology came from above, right? Well, let's go to the book of Genesis again. We already talked about Cain's great, 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 great grandkids and yes. granddaughter, Naama. I know, poor Naama. Poor Naama. Well, she might have been in on it too. You never know. We're going to have hope that she wasn't. <laughs> With a name like that, you know. Yes. <laughs> so Genesis chapter 11, we've talked about the Tower of Babel before. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to rehash a little bit of this from previous episodes, but we want to get to the point which was at that time, everybody spoke the same language. Yes. There weren't any nations. Mm-hmm. All right. They were all together and they were in the region of the world that today we would call a rock. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. It became uh, a city that was known as Babylon later. But there they were in this plain of Shinar. And I know something about Shinar because when we talked about in the past the flying ephahs, Yes. And the other stuff that appear to be flying mechanisms from advanced 
technology of, of fallen angels, uh, it goes and places it in the land of Shinar. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it says they found a plain there, and they said in verse 4 of Genesis 11, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. So they're wanting to build a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Now, what is the point of that? Of all the things that you could do with your time and ability, is it, I just want to build the tallest skyscraper? You know, I mean, there are some skyscrapers today in the world, in like Dubai or Hong Kong or whatever, that would probably dwarf anything they were making at the time. Yeah. You know? So I don't believe their intention was to build the tallest building. No, there was a purpose behind it. There was a purpose behind it. It got the attention of God. Mm -hmm. Verse 5, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. So it wasn't just the tower. It was a city and a tower. Mm -hmm. All right. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. And so they went and confounded the language, and that's when they scattered the nations. So remember, we talked about not that long ago, they were scattered that they might seek the Lord. He yeah. separated them and put them in their boundaries so that they would turn back to him. But this is when he gave them up because they defied him. They went against him. So what were they doing that was such defiance? And what were they doing that would require them to be scattered abroad and given different languages? They were building that tower to get the attention of the uh, fallen angels. I completely agree with you. I really do think that they were building some form of, maybe it was a landing pad. Right, <laughs> land right here. Or maybe it was a monument, or maybe it was some huge worship mechanism to say, mm -hmm. hey, you were destroyed when you came down in the days of Noah. And we're ready for you to come back. Yes. So maybe they were calling on them to come back because they wanted the advanced technology. And because he said nothing would be restrained from them, which they've imagined to do. So their imaginations were running wild with possibilities of what they could do if they had advanced technology. The more advanced you are, you know, think about when we were talking last week about uh, governments don't always have a good history and ours is no exception. Uh, we broke treaties with Native Americans. Well, Gunpowder was advanced technology to bows and arrows. Very true. So we had superior firepower, and that's why we could oppress so easily. It's not that they didn't valiantly fight back mm -hmm. to keep their lands and to keep their dignity or whatever, whatever the Native Americans were trying to, to keep. But and, and don't get me wrong, they had their problems too. Yeah. They also had governments, and they enslaved each other, and they cannibalized one another, and they fought, and there were they, nobody's good. Yeah. You know, nobody's good. So I'm not trying to say they were lily white, peace tree loving people, you know, but they were betrayed by a superior firepower. You mm -hmm. know, it's almost staggering to think that if the Germans had this superior firepower during World War II, how is it that we were able to defeat them militarily? Evidently, like I said, we must have been on the side of right. And it wasn't time for the Antichrist to appear. It wasn't time for the Ten Kings, you know. Uh, and we could also say we just had uh, better planning, uh, whatever, you know, better generals. You could say all those things. Yeah. You could also say, and some people argue that Hitler was sort of enamored at the idea of the foot soldier. Mm -hmm. So he was more impressed with us putting boots on the ground and going in to conquer than the technology that he had. 
So it's kind of like he was an old fogey that didn't realize what he had as, you know, I deal every day when I work my job in technology with people that are in their senior years as I am quickly approaching (laughs) and they struggle with doing basic things yes. with emails and this and that and the other. And I don't say that to be critical. It's just a fact of life. I'm going to be right behind them, you know, doing the same thing, struggling with the next technology. And the kids that are being born today grow up with an iPhone in their hands. They could do anything yeah. on these things, you know, right? So it, it's possible that these scientists were so far ahead of Hitler, he just couldn't get his head around it. He didn't realize what he had at his disposal. They were probably trying to convince him. We could end this war in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. If you would let us on and on. Yeah. yeah. And then ultimately what essentially, well, we defeated the Germans uh, in uh, Europe before Japan finally went. But what brought Japan to its knees was the atomic bomb. Oh, yeah. When we dropped them on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So uh, that that, that's a whole other story I don't even want to start to get into right now. Uh, and why it wasn't necessary to do that. They had already drawn up terms of surrender. And we still went That's so and dropped those bombs. I know, I know. It's just awful. Anyway, back to the point. The technology that Germany evidently had was so superior to ours that they were able to easily defeat us militarily, but they didn't. Here would be a scenario that I would say, thank God, we stopped them from conquering the world with a horrible ideology yeah. of fascism or whatever. And, and the enslavement that could have resulted from that. And yet, it's not like Satan never gives up. He had his people on the inside of the good guys. Mm-hmm. And what became known as the CIA later, and MK Ultra was the extension of this, it came out of Project Operation Paperclip. You know, the, the things that we talked about a few weeks ago and all the mind control were, was much of that um, advancement in mind control research and technology was from Nazi scientists and researchers. Mm -hmm. So they got a lot of that, and all these projects started after the war ended, right? And again, under the guise of, well, we've got to defeat communism. So there's always a boogeyman. Yeah. There's always an enemy out there that we've got to defeat, you Mm -hmm. know? And then lately, last decade or so, it was terrorism, you know, terrorism. What did George Bush say? (laughs) America, terrorism. (laughs) And, uh, And when reality was the enemy was right here. The enemy is within, clearly, not, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't people that might want to bomb us and things like that, but it's far worse internally. Very true. So we're speculating, we're talking about could fallen angels posing as aliens be giving advanced technology? Did the UFO crash land? And did that give us another explosion of technology almost as a reward? You know, what happened to that craft? It was carted to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, right? Mm -hmm. Taken a mile underground or whatever they do there (laughs) with their experiments and reverse engineered. And they're selling off the technology to the highest bidders so that we'll give you these microchips, we'll give you this whatever. And ultimately, Satan, I believe, is behind it. And the Bible, believe it or not, gives us a picture of something like this. So I'm going to kind of wrap it up today with a story from 1 Kings chapter 22. Okay. Now there's a king in Israel, and he's a bad guy. He's one of the satanic global elites, right? Oh, no. <laughs> he's a bad guy. He's, uh, his name is Ahab. Okay. Okay. And he's got a wife who's particularly wicked. She is a bad woman. In fact... Her name became synonymous with a wicked woman. 
Her name is Jezebel. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> and, and people actually use that as an insult. You Jezebel. I you know. know. I'm awful you, say that. Yeah. You're Jezebel. <laughs> I'm like, that is rude. So Ahab is a bad guy, and he's satanically controlled. He's a weak man. He's, mm-hmm. not a, he's not a powerful figure, but Satan tends to use whoever. As a matter of fact, Jezebel was really the power behind the throne. You know, she ran, she controlled him like, I better not bring up a couple of names. <laughs> uh, the first name starts with an H for she, and the first name starts with a B with, for he. And I believe it was a similar thing. Okay. She was in control of he. Okay. Okay. But in verse 10, in this scenario, it says, and the king of Israel, Ahab, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, because they're a split kingdom, Judah and Israel, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. So there's sort of like a little pompous ceremony of these two kings. And all the prophets prophesied before them. And they're trying to decide, should they go up to fight this certain battle? Yeah. Are we going to win or are we going to lose? Mm-hmm. You know, you try, you want to measure the cost before you go to war. Very true. So the prof, they're asking the prophets, and these are false prophets. So they all prophesied before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Kenaniah, made him horns of iron, like a ram's horns. And he said, thus saith the Lord, with these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. And so he kind of like made a little display, like, like put on the horns <laughs> on his head. And he said, you're going to win. You're going to beat the Syrians because that's who they're going to go battle. Mm-hmm. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, go up, go up to Ramoth Gilead, where the battle would be, and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. So all the prophets were prophesying falsely. And the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spake unto him. Now, Micaiah is a true prophet of God. Okay. So when he called for all the prophets, the King Ahab, to come before him, he said, well, go get this guy too. I don't like him because he never says anything good. (laughs) But go get him anyway. We might as well throw his prophecy into the mix. (laughs) So the messenger was gone to call Micaiah, and he spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. They're all saying good things, Micaiah. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. (laughs) He's like, not today. (laughs) He's saying, just be smart and just lie and say (laughs) the same thing, okay? And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, What the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. In other words, no matter what it is, good or bad, if God tells it to me, I'm going to say it. Yeah. Okay. So he came to the king. So now Micaiah is before Ahab. And the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle or shall we forbear? Which means hold back. And he answered him, go and prosper for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. Well, wait a minute. That's. Exactly what all the false prophets were saying. Yeah. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? You're lying to me. How many times have I told you to only tell me the truth? In other words, Ahab is such a weak guy, he doesn't even trust these other prophets. They've all said, (laughs) Go, you're going to prosper. Micaiah comes in, he says, Go, you're going to prosper. You're lying to me. Because he always says bad. Right. So he says, how many times have I told you this? And then he said, 
I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And he said, hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. Now this is Micaiah's last words. He says, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. So we're getting a picture into heaven of God's council meeting. And the Lord said, who shall persuade King Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? Because God has already decided he's going to die. Yeah. He's going to go and he's going to fall and die in this battle. And one said on this manner, all these council in heaven, all the hosts are saying, you could do this, you could do this. It's not like God doesn't know. Yeah. He's just letting them put input. So when you think about it, it's like we pray, we ask for things. God already knows the answer. Yeah. But he lets us ask about it. So he's letting these angels participate in the decision process. One said on this matter, another said on that matter. Verse 21, and there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said unto him, wherewith? Now, I have to assume that the spirit is either a fallen angel or a demon or something. Because he's not called one of the hosts of heaven. He came and he stood before him. And he said, how? Wherewith? And the spirit said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Yeah. And he said, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. So the Lord agreed to let the lying spirit go forth and lie through the prophets to Ahab to convince him to go fight the battle where he would die. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. And this is Micaiah telling Ahab exactly what God said he was going to do, <laughs> and he still went and he did it. Oh, gosh. He was like, I'm literally telling you, don't go. And you're, he's like, okay, so I'm going to go. <laughs> he went and he did it. And, and basically the prophecy was... Before it was come up to, to Ahab, you know, he said, look, you're going to die. If you fight this battle, you're going to die, and your wife's going to die later, and the dogs are going to come lick up the blood, you know, and things like that. And so he didn't believe him, yeah. so he still went and he fought the battle. But what was interesting about that to me is how we get a picture of a demoniac evil spirit mm -hmm. saying, I'll go do this. So it's, it's a picture of how the Lord allows things to happen. And it allows even kings to be manipulated. Yeah. Those that are in power, which is why we should never trust government, right? But we always have to remember that there's hope. As we said last time at the end of the MK Ultra study, and once again, MK Ultra was an extension that came out of Operation Paperclip when all this technology came over. So the reason why I had all these advances in technology is probably because. Satan was behind giving us this information. Yeah. And a lot of good things were coming from it. We all have cell phones. We all have better lives. Very true. Because of fluorescent lights and <laughs> microwave ovens and whatever, radio. But the powers that be have more than we do. Yeah. You know, they've got access to things that we don't. And they're using it to bring about 
manipulation, population control, mind control, all mm-hmm. these things uh, that came from that. Even our post-total-in-chief uh, recently the other day said something like, why do people want to own guns? The government has nuclear weapons. Yeah. As if to say, you can't stop us. We outmaneuver you. We outfirepower you. You know, mm-hmm. we've got you. Which is exactly the reason why the Constitution allows us to have guns. Because it's supposed to help us defend ourselves from those idiots, you know. Because Satan is controlling them. All of them. I'm not yeah. picking sides. You know what I mean? But the hope is in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And as we said before, we're going to say it again because I always like to close with a thought that's positive. In spite of all this negativity, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Smartest man that ever lived, Solomon, came to this conclusion that man's duty is to fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So we know that they lose in the end. We know that Satan is defeated. We just have to deal with what's going on now. Yes. So we're trying to learn. We're trying to expose as much of the truth as we can. The hope would be that people would put their faith in the Lord, not in government, not in science, not in technology. Mm-hmm. You know, We use it, and you should too. I mean, hey, I'm going to go get the latest, greatest thing if I can afford it. Very true. You know, I want all the bells <laughs> and whistles. But I'm going to try to use it for good. I would say that the very platform that was intended for evil. And I, I believe that's true of many things in technology, whether mm-hmm. it's social media, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, podcasting. We're using that to spread truth, yes. hopefully. So we can use the enemy's own devices against them. So in a way, it's kind of poetic irony. Like, <laughs> 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 That we can take Satan's devices and use them against him in the, in the battle. Because all we're trying to do is win hearts. Yes. You know, we want people to see the truth and come to have the assurance of knowing that no matter how bad things can get, they have a hope in Christ. Very true. So my hope is that you would trust him as your savior. And thanks again for listening today. Yes, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, and share with someone that needs a little bit of love in their heart. Um, We do appreciate your comments and questions. Please keep them coming in. And also look out for chats with Pastor Scott on the back patio. (laughs) That's right. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah, we should have one up uh, this week, which is the weekend of the 4th of July. Okay. So probably maybe by next weekend, we'll have our first little chat. So keep your questions coming. We really appreciate them. Really do. And thank you, Zena, again, as always. Don't mention it. Happy 4th to you. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, Please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.